Find your balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 22 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology and a master's degree in business administration. And I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products, and give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Each show is only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes easily if you're a new listener, and we find that people like to get lots of information in a short period of time. My philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded and try new things. Preconceived notions should not get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic and it surprised you and how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover here. Thank you so much to everybody who's been telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. That is much appreciated. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com and clicking the Amazon banner at the bottom of the homepage and then doing some shopping. When using the Amazon banner, you get to check some shopping off of your to-do list and Boost will get a kickback so everybody wins. And one last thing that would really help the show, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. Now, I realize not everybody is listening into iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, so I've actually made the show available on various platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. And if there's a platform that it's not available on, please let me know and we'll make sure and get it out there. Announcements. The Boost Health Performance Apparel Shop just closed on August 15th for the next round of orders. But don't worry if you didn't get your order in this time, as we're going to open the store again in the fall. And we actually are going to include some really exciting winter pieces. We're going to include running tights, uh, cycling tights, a long sleeve cycling jersey, a hoodie, and lots of other really cool stuff. So make sure you check it out in the fall. Keep, keep listening to the podcast and keep an eye on the newsletter. Um, if you haven't seen the gear yet, you can see some of it in action uh, on the My Boost Health Instagram, Facebook, and Strava feeds. And then, again, we've got strength gear, cycling gear, multi-sport gear, and casual wear. So check it out and stay tuned for discounts during the next ordering period. If you haven't signed up already for the Weekly Boost newsletter, you can do so by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage on myboosthealth.com. This way you don't miss out on any Boost Health news. All right, now on with the program. Episode 22 of the Boost Health podcast is titled Mobility versus Flexibility. How Mobility Enhances Your Performance, Part 2. 
So in part two, we pick up our discussion on mobility where Joel tells us how he felt when he first got started and how everyone will find areas that need tending to. We also get into some research and discuss how mobility work can actually improve and prevent injuries. Including in the research is the functional movement screening methodology. Later, we talk about breathing techniques and working through stress, pain, and anxiety. We share some resources on ankle mobility, which tends to be a sticking point for lots of folks getting started with mobility work. We wrap up this show discussing how increased athletic performance can be a byproduct of mobility. I hope you enjoy the second part of this three-part series on mobility. I think you'll find it informative and entertaining. So, without further ado, here is part two. But I'm curious, Joel, do you recall when you were first getting started with mobility, did you have soreness in your back and hips and everywhere? I mean, when I first, I may have gone a little too aggressive out of the gate, but I, I was trying to stay down in that squat hold really long. And like my lower back, especially, was just tortured for the first couple of days after I, I tried it. Yeah, no, I think uh, that that's absolutely the case. I mean, any anybody, no matter how you know, mobile they are or not, right? You know, you're going to spot something that's not fully functioning. And fortunately for me, I've always been pretty mobile. I think, again, because of my mother's influence, uh, most especially, you know, again, going back until I was, you know, a, a small child. But uh, I did have a significant injury, actually, right when I started doing competitive triathlon. So back in, uh, this is probably about 2003 or so, I was still in college when I started doing tries. And I had basically gone from, you know, I played ice hockey up and all through high school and was very competitive there, but then sort of like freshman, sophomore year, you know, when you go on to university and you're not playing a, a competitive team-based sport, you know, I think that the fitness had fallen off a little bit. And then I found triathlon. Um, and so I started being very active again, I was running a lot, swimming a lot, biking a lot. And, uh, I developed really bad IT band syndrome. Mm. It's so mm. bad that I literally one day woke up. And I went to a, a school that had a lot of stairs, you know, we, we, the school was on a hill and, uh, and I couldn't go downhill. If there was a slope down the sidewalk, couldn't go down. Stability. If there were stairs, I couldn't go down. My IT band would just seize up so bad that it just, my knee wouldn't move. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I was probably, you know, 21, 22 years old at the time, maybe. Um, and I went and saw a physio and they basically said, listen, like, you know, this is just, you, you've got slightly short left leg versus your right leg anyway. So there's a slight imbalance in, in your IT band, and that's a little bit of a problem. But you've also got bad hips from playing ice hockey. And so from sort of having a rough and tumble, you know, athletic childhood, you know, I had a little bit of a chronic hip issue and a chronic shoulder issue. Um, that's why you do that gangster walk whenever you're walking down the road, right? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I do have slightly lopsided shoulders. I don't know if it's from ice hockey or if it's from just minor scoliosis. Just teasing you. No, it's true, actually. Um, but uh, so I started, I, I had to, I had a, 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 you know, significant intervention and had to start working on my IT band. And that was, back then, that was more static stretching, right? You know, it wasn't uh, necessarily mobility based, but it did lead to me ever since then really doing some type of yoga or stretching, uh, you know, for, for what's going on in what, like 15 years now. And I think that as I then found strength and conditioning and as I then found mobility, it has uh, built a strong foundation right, of wellness across, you know, every joint, every functional movement that I need to be able to do. And, you know, I think that it will fix things. It does fix things. You know, and if you have a structured and very disciplined approach to it, 
you know, it not only will be improved, but it will be fixed and actually enhanced uh, over time. It doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, I think you've asked me before, you know, how long it took me to be able to do a pistol. And I think, you know, honestly, three years, hmm. um, you know, I, one of the things, you know, that you need to have to be able to do a pistol as much as mobility is strength. And I didn't really have necessarily that uh, single leg strength capacity uh, to be able to do a pistol. I think I probably would have been able to do it just from a mobility standpoint, but I think I didn't have the strength. And so there was sort of a balance between those two things for me. Well, I don't know if I should be excited about that because it makes me feel a little bit better because I feel like I'm at least three years away um, or if it's tragic because it takes takes that long to really... And Joel's talking about doing an absolutely perfect one, the one he performed the other day after sort of doing my homework and seeing what it's really about. He could... He could do his own video of uh, of a pistol squad. It's pretty pretty impressive. Well, maybe we'll take one. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. I was joking. No, we're gonna do it. It's locked in. Um, so I think ankle mobility is is my issue. I think we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. Um, you know, we're one. We we talk about this all the time. You know, you're one big kinetic chain. If you have one kink in your chain, it you know it's downstream domino effect everything down down the road of of your kinetic chain is 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 wrinkled and so i i've always thought i've had hip mobility issues which i i very well could but i can't even get there yet because i'm having issues with with my ankle flexion um did you do you remember having when you were trying to that pistol initially do you remember if you were having trouble getting all the way down because of ankle inflexibility or so I, I definitely had trouble getting, uh, for me, getting doing the squat wasn't hard. Mm-hmm. It was getting the leg out, right? So it's holding the, it's having the, the hamstring length to be able to then hold your opposing leg out straight in front of you. Um, and you'll see, you know, if, especially if, if you uh, have, you know, a concept of what CrossFit is about, you'll see a lot of CrossFitters who are extremely, you know, uh, strong, right? They don't do pistols appropriately. Right. They don't have the mobility. So guys who are winning the CrossFit games, right, or in the CrossFit games don't do pistols appropriately. And they have to throw their leg out to the side, right? And so, you know, they don't necessarily have either the ankle or the hip or the hamstring length necessary to do a full pistol. For me, um, I think it was it was probably a little bit about the ankles, but it was mostly about the stabilization. Mm. Um, and then uh, I think a lot about the hamstrings. And also, yeah. Uh, getting down is easy. Getting up is a lot harder. Yeah. Right. Right. I haven't even thought about that, that piece of the puzzle yet. Cause getting down is, is so difficult for me, even assisted, you know, you can do different modifications of pistols to sort of get into the position. And I've just decided I'm going to keep playing around with them, but my main focus is going to be getting my ankles mobilized and, and, and really doing a good job with these, these squat holds. Now, if you're doing a good squat hold, if you can picture this and, and we'll link to some, some resources, but you know, your feet are hip width apart or closer if you can. Um, and then you're, you know, you're basically screwing your feet into the ground. They're, they're anchored into the ground. They, they should not turn outward, especially. And then as you're lowering your body down, you're actually getting rotational torque in your hips by pushing your knees out, generating all that power and, and sitting your bottom straight down towards your heels into the floor as much as you can. And so you can imagine that if you don't have good ankle flexibility, that you're just, you're going to fall backwards, which is, is what I'm struggling with. But that said, there is hope, you know, don't, 
don't not try it because it sounds so difficult. You can make, I think that's one of the great things about mobility, at least that I've noticed is that you get rewarded pretty quickly. Maybe that's similar to strength training sort of in the beginning, you get quick rewards because it's like Absolutely. this whole new thing Absolutely. and then you'll probably stagnate and, and slow down, but you do get yeah. some, some very quick benefits. Well, I think, you know, you'll see change, uh, you know, over a course of two weeks, I'd say. But what happens is I think that, you know, so at first your, your biggest restriction is your ankle, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to spend two weeks on that and then you're going to find a secondary restriction, right? <laughs> so it's not just fixing the ankle. You're actually going to fix the ankle and find that there's other things, you know, that are, that are going to uh, either directly impede your ability to do it immediately, right? And going to need to be addressed in some way. Um, or you'll find, you know, maybe that there's a strength thing because, you know, the, the stabilizer muscles required to do a lot of these things are, are significant. And, you know, I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about the pistol, right? But, you know, I think there's, as, as we've talked about a lot, right, you know, there's a whole range of archetypes or of, you know, functional movement that's required. And this, you know, this concept of uh, restriction in any of them, right, is, I think, you know, where we all need to start to make small improvements. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll make, you know, you'll, you'll find that there's a, there's a huge difference. But just to, I just had a thought, you know, going back on sort of the life-changing piece, which I didn't really, uh, I guess, unfold fully. But I think the other big thing about the recovery that, that mobility provides is, is that there's a lot of um, fundamental, I think, uh, human characteristics required to be able to do mobility well, because when you start mobilizing some of these things, like we talked about yesterday, Paul, that, you know, your gastroc is really tight, right? Mm -hmm. And that might be one of the things you need to work on. When you start working on that, it is going to hurt anything you've ever imagined. And so one of the things that I think is fundamental to the success of a mobility program is, is that you have the right approach to it. And so, you know, from mobility wads perspective or from Kelly Surrett's perspective, it's all unlocked with breathing. And when you use breath, right, to control your reaction or to control your own approach to a stressful environment, and this is true, you know, it's, it's in Aldoa that you talked about, you know, it's in some of the Wim Hof method stuff that's out there, um, mm. but it's really just into just sort of, you know, stress relief and relaxation fundamentally, right? You know, breathing controls the entire system, you know, or is the start and finish of, of the whole thing. That is fundamentally life-changing, right? When you really have to force yourself because you're having something that is being dug into your gastroc that feels like your whole leg is going to explode. <laughs> and the only thing that is going to help you is breathing through it, right? Right. That's yeah. life-changing. Yeah. Because you can apply that across lots of different things in life, right? Like I talked about mental tactics that you can use if you struggle with something, you know, out in the field in an athletic event. Absolutely. Yeah. You Absolutely. know, there's, there's all sorts of different techniques and breathing comes up you know, almost every single time with, with athletes that need to figure out a way to manage their stress. stress. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the things I really loved about, you know, your, your start of your, uh, the, the boost journey here is, you know, really opening up on anxiety because I think anxiety (laughs) is something that everybody faces. Right. And, uh, funnily enough, I think that anxiety around cycling is something that I've, I've always had and still have, because I know when I get out here in Hong Kong and there are these Hills, right. Where I'm not a good climber right, is it's going to hurt every day. And to be able to work through that anxiety because you breathe through it, right? Uh, and, and I think, you know, w- with our cycling community here, because of the camaraderie that comes with it uh, as well, you know, is, is breath is key. Yeah, it's like 
whether you're, it's probably almost like several parts, right? Like the breath is like managing your stress and, you know, calming your body down. But I think there's also some, like also some mental trickery, at least yeah, it would be yeah. with me. Like I'm breathing, I'm thinking about breathing. I'm yeah, not thinking about something to focus on. Right. Yeah. It's almost like we talked about in a few shows ago with mental tactics, which is funny. You said that you like that one because I mean, you know, maybe it's just amongst us, us athletes, we don't really want to talk about it, but it's one of my most downloaded shows is mental tactics. Oh, really? So I think people are really interested in it, even Absolutely. if they don't necessarily want to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things is anchoring. So like you're, you're thinking of something positive, um, and Olympians do this, uh, Chris Hoy, an Olympian from the UK did this, um, cyclist and he would, he would come up with some positive imagery and then he would anchor, which, which would be some sort of gesture. So he would grab his left ear and he would think about something positive, probably be on top of a podium or something like that. Um, so it's almost like anyway, to get back to, you know, mobility and, and breath, it's almost like calming the body down, but it's also about focusing on something different yep. for a little bit too. Yep. So there's a nice little video series actually by Dr. John Russin thinking about ankle mobility. If, if that's where you have problems, it sounds like just based on the little research I've done, that sounds like it's, it's a sticky point for, for a lot of us, maybe not for, for Joel here, who's, was pretty darn flexible to get started with. Um, so, uh, this is on the T nation website. I'll link to it in the show notes and blog, but he actually has a screening for mobility and strategies to assist in improving your uh, mobility and your ankles if you need to. And I failed miserably. Uh, one of the tests is basically to, uh, elevate your leg onto a platform and then, uh, put a measuring stick out in front of your patella and see how far out in front of your, uh, uh, toes you get. And I think the, the goal was to get four inches in front of your toes with your knee. And I was maybe two, <laughs> so pretty far away from that. But if you think about that, it's, you know, maybe just sort of intuitively, it sounds more like a knee thing, but it really, it's all about the ankle. If you can't push that knee out over your toes, your, your ankle is stopping you. So check that out. We'll link to it, as I said. Um, and so, so we talked about this earlier already, basically, you know, if you've got a kink in your kinetic chain, it's, it's going to throw everything off. So I won't be able to perform a proper squat hold until I mobilize this, this ankle. So got to work on that. Um, and we talked about this earlier too, you know, we are basically running on this system of systems. And so there might be multiple things upstream that are causing problems. Or like Joel said, you know, you might finally unlock mobility in one area and then realize that you've got work to do somewhere else downstream. But that's actually, I don't know, it sounds geeky, but maybe that's part of the fun. Like, you know, you have the opportunity to, nobody's going to know your body better than you. And so start to put these things together and starting to figure these things out. It's actually pretty cool, pretty fun. Um, so Starrett, we talked about him a lot earlier. He's a very well-known physical therapist and mobility guru. We'll link to his uh, company, Mobility Wad, um, which is short for mobility workout of the day in the, in the show notes and blog too. Obviously a huge influence on, on Joel. So I know you're big into strength training cycling and baseball. The, the, those are the big ones that I think you're active in now. I've got some research on this later that I want to talk about, but I, I'm interested in you, Joel. Do you think that you've seen improvement in your sports from the additional work that you've done with, with mobility? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, right? I think the, the fact that, you know, I'm a 36 year old father of three who tends to, you know, work 60 hour weeks, right. With the, you know, corporate job, 
but I can still exercise to a relatively high degree of performance five or six days a week. And I haven't been injured in, you know, gosh, I don't know, five, six years. Everybody knock on, knock on wood. wood. (laughs) And, you know, I I have a couple of of examples too. So I think, you know, I've had actually two recent accidents um, to, to speak of. One was I came off the bike, you know, pretty hard, you know, cracked the helmet, you know, banged the head pretty hard. It's got pretty skinned up and I played in a softball game the next day, you know, (laughs) relatively okay. Um, So, uh, you know, no injury there lasting at all. Um, And I think the, the other possibly more significant injury was this past winter on the ski hill. I'd been out skiing with some buddies and got a little overexcited. We had some fresh snow and we were just all hooting and hollering and having a just general yahoo good time and uh i basically was ripping down the hill probably going you know people probably think this is kind of silly but i was going 50 60 miles an hour right <laughs> wow. and uh was laying down a nice turn and all of a sudden you know hit a little hard spot ski popped off and i mean i twisted and tumbled and turned you know a good 100 yards down the hill and really banged my knee hard hmm. i mean i knew that i was laying in the snow that that might be bad and i got up and could basically couldn't move my knee and uh you know all my buddies came came around picked me up you know sort of sorted me out really you know really quickly started moving the knee around and i was like yeah i'm gonna just go in and sit down for a minute um and i took only had to take three turns down to get back on the chairlift and by the time i got back up on the chairlift and then just went in and had a drink of water i was fine like just kept moving skied the rest of the day no issue and i think to, to to go down you know, it's 60 miles an hour, you know, when you're 36 and, you know, you have a big crash like that. If you have strength and you have mobility in those end range of motions, which is where your joints and your body is taken to in <laughs> those type of force events, I think is, it has to be because of the work that I put in. And you hear this stuff a lot, but, you know, the, and it, again, my source of some of this information is mostly from the CrossFit community. But there's lots of stories out there of very, very fit CrossFitters who get in horrendous accidents, car accidents, workplace accidents, what have you. And the doctors say to them after they've you know, made it through the emergency that the only reason you're alive is because you are as fit as you are. Hmm. That's the only reason you're still here, right? And that's, that's not just because they've got big biceps, right? That's because their entire system, right? Or as you said, their system of systems isn't just healthy it's fit. Right. I think that's, that, that speaks a huge amount to, you know, how, how you should live your life. Yeah. I I've experienced that too. Maybe not to that speed, certainly not as cool of a story. Um, a couple months ago I was going down, um, a big mountain here. We call the peak that we ride up every Tuesday and, uh, the roads here, you know what? It's worse when it rains just a little bit and stops versus if it just downpours because, when these roads get mixed with a little bit of rain, they're like weaponized. <laughs> it's like it's like something worse than ice, something more slippery than ice. Anyways, so I went down um, maybe at five miles an hour. I mean, I was going slow and I still slipped and fell and bounced off the pavement pretty hard. 
and I sort of joked about it when I got back up with our cycling buddies, uh, oh, you know, muscle bounces, you know, that's because of all that strength training, you guys get started on it, whatever. But no, there's something to that. There, there's something to it. Probably not much mobility in my case, but thankfully I'm taking pretty darn good care of myself. And that, that may have been a little bit worse situation if I didn't have some mobility, some yeah, strength, some flexibility. Well, and God forbid you ended up in the hospital, right? But the, your, your body's ability to heal itself because you're fit and your body's used to being in stressful environments. Right. Your body's, you know, your, your entire system, you know, is, is more capable of, you know, accelerating that recovery. But I want to take this a step further because there is performance, you know, you're just being modest, I think, but I heard a couple stories about you in the baseball season last year. One of them was this big catch that you made. Like, uh, I can't remember if it was overhead. I know you were full on sprinting. And I think there was a dive involved and definitely landing on the ground and tumbling. And I can't remember if we had a couple of beers or not during this story, but it sounded like a pretty legit athletic move that you made. And I think that we would agree that your conditioning that you do and your mobility and your strength training that you do allowed you to do that. Would you agree? And, and tell the story of the catch. I want to hear this again. Yeah, sure. So, you know, hopefully you didn't hear that story from me. Uh, <laughs> my baseball buddy was, would have a riot with that one. Um, so, yeah, I play in a, in a, in a men's league uh, or, or a, an adult league softball uh, league here in Hong Kong, which is just an absolute ton of fun. And the guys that I play with are real baseball people, right? And I, I'm not. You know, I played, you know, typical little league as any kid does growing up in the States. But uh, as, as they are, are fond of saying, I'm the best athlete on the team but not the best baseball player. Right? And I think that's, <laughs> right. a double, that's a double-sided compliment if I've ever heard one. Um, so, so it's a ton of fun. I, I love it, and I've only just sort of gotten into it late in my, my adult life. But yeah, so uh, you know, they put me in right field because that's where they put the, the, the worst players. Um, but fortunately, there's a, there's a few lefties uh, in the league, so you know, I, I get some action out in right field. But yeah, so you know, a guy hit sort of a, a short blooper into the gap, um, you know, I was playing fairly shallow in right field, so I had a chance to get a jump on it, but yeah, no, I had to take, you know, I don't know, five or seven sort of sprinting steps and then just full on lay it out and try to catch this ball. Um, and I believe it was in some type of playoff top type environment. So, you know, it was a sort of a, a must make play. Um, and I was able to catch the ball. I wasn't able to hold on to the ball Oh, okay. because one of the things that I was not aware of, because I'm not you know, I haven't been anyway that active sort of in a, in a field environment in a while. But when you hit the ground, when you're fully laid out, not in a position to protect yourself at all. So, I mean, imagine Superman, right? Arms out in front of you, right? Only got one hand on the ball, not two, which I was told you need to have two uh, to be able to keep <laughs> the ball. But uh, when you hit the ground like that from, you know, four, four or five feet in the air, fully laid out without anything bracing for the impact, you hit the ground like a ton of bricks, and, you know, I came down hard, you know, went, you know, sort of ass over tea kettle coming down and, uh, and the ball went flying out into foul territory, right? <laughs> so somebody else had to end up go, going to get it. But, uh, no, I like to think that, you know, it was a great show of athleticism yes. and again, not such a great show of baseball skills. <laughs> well, you know, perhaps if you would have gotten yourself, uh, so that you could do the pistol squat with the arms above the head, then you would have been able yeah. to make the catch. No, I'm well, just kidding. I, so just while that, we're on that topic, <laughs> I, I just made a similar play in the summer softball league uh, where, where we tend to go on vacation in the States, and I made the play. Nice. And it was because I had two hands on the ball. There you go. There you go. Nice. I learned. I'm coachable. Well, I, I like that you know story of performance and athleticism, and, and, and actually did a little bit of, of research on – 
you know, this does work. This does actually help you with performance. And so um, it seems the best way to show the effective effectiveness and mobility, at least that I found, is through functional movement screening. So really well-known um, physical therapist and uh, mobility activist, Greg Cook, and his team in 1997 um, this is according to a study in the uh, 2014 International Journal of Sports Physical Therapy, um, came up with this uh, functional movement screening or FMS. And it actually includes seven fundamental movement pattern tests. And Joel, we, you and I were talking about this earlier. You had mentioned these are very similar to the MWOD stuff. So they include the deep squat, the hurdle step, line lunge, uh, shoulder mobility, active straight leg test, trunk stability push-up, and rotary stability. During these tests, they actually use a big wooden dowel. It looks like it's about maybe four feet long. And they use it overhead, along your spine, in line with your spine, across your shoulders, et cetera. And they use this to sort of help assess mobility throughout the body. They, they videotape these different screenings. So one example, if you can imagine, and I'll link to this in the show notes and blog, is you've got a dowel holding it above your head. And the technician will evaluate as you're doing a deep squat, if the dowel is in line with your feet. So you're holding the dowel above your head, you perform a deep squat, you hold it for a few seconds, and then they look from the side and see if you're holding that dowel above your head. Now, if you've ever tried to do an overhead squat, even with a little bit of resistance and you don't have much shoulder mobility, you'll know it's pretty hard to get it up above the feet and, and head. So it's actually a really fabulous way to test mobility all throughout the body. With this, just this one screening, you know, your ankles, hips, thoracic spine, shoulders, core, all of those have to be mobile in order to perform that exercise. So this amongst the other six um, fu functional movement pattern tests are, are what they use for this FMS. And so based on that, a 2009 study in the Scandinavian Journal of Medicine and Science and Sports found that if you do interventions of mobility training for off-season NFL players, American football, um, they actually will either improve or maintain their mobility. So if they come out of the season at a certain level of mobility, which a lot of those athletes do, especially the, sk the skill players, um, they're going to be able to maintain that or, or even improvement, improve it Excuse me, if they're on some sort of off-season mobility program. And so there was some evidence even, and, and this actually ties in nicely to what you've talked about, Joel, um, they needed to do more research on this, but there was even some evidence of, uh, decreased, uh, possibility of injury, um, after they, if, if they did take part in this, uh, intervention over, over break from, from the season. Okay. We will stop there with another cliffhanger for you. Listen in again next week for the third and final episode in this series on mobility. Me and Joel will talk more about the research on mobility and its role in injury prevention and athletic performance, including a very interesting study with NFL athletes. We'll also discuss benefits of Olympic lifts, safety with squatting, mobility work as a form of meditation, plant-based nutrition, and of course, finding wellness balance overall. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to my good buddy, Joel, for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Oh man, it's been a pleasure. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have you back because we're going to have more uh, stories to share, I'm sure. Love to. Uh, so everybody, please, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show in whatever podcast app you use. I really appreciate it. Um, you can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates all on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All you have to do is search for My Boost Health. You can also visit 
the MyBoost Health website at MyBoostHealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. And until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Joel Lee Ginger saying goodbye and find, find your, your balance. balance.